for the word? Yes, Are you ready for the word? Yes, all right, all right, all right. Let's pray. Father, we ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Everyone can behold you. As we see ourselves in you, your name alone is glorified as we are edified. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. 2 Timothy 3.15. Let's start concluding on our series on this gospel. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. It says, mm, it says, as from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. Over the years, I've I've done a bit of explanations on the scriptures and we are still doing more. And I'm making us understand that the scriptures, when we say the holy scriptures now, um, Paul was writing to Timothy, but what Paul called the scriptures in the New Testament was the Old Testament. And I've let you understand that the New Testament was not compiled as at the time it was written. As at the time this text was written. So the Bible in the hands of those in Corinth, those in Ephesians or Ephesus, or those in Philippi, or those in Macedonia, or those, those in Thessalonica, is the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. So when Paul is writing and saying, as from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures, what would be on your mind? Genesis to Malachi. Genesis to Malachi. So that means the scriptures, so you will look at, you will see something in John 5 verse 39. John 5 verse 39, says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, for they are they which testify of me. So Jesus said, the scriptures, that is Genesis to Malachi, testified of him. So when you are reading the scriptures, so, and Paul now was writing to Timothy here and saying, as from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto salvation. And I've told you, make you wise there means sophizo. It means to make you skillful. It's going to make you have a, an appreciation of salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So that means, when I studied God's word, I don't put... The Old Testament aside, a lot of us like New Testament, story of Jesus, um, how Jesus walked upon the street of men, Canaan of Galilee, all of those things. But you don't like Amalekites, <laughs> Amalekites, Jebusites, <laughs> what other thing? Um, the first, you don't just like those things. Don't worry, we are in this world together. We'll study all of those things. Don't worry, we have time. We are not dying anytime soon, Abby. So we'll study all of those things, you know. A lot of questions. We live in a world where a lot, a lot of people ask questions. And don't worry, I'm, 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 I'm about to teach a series very soon on questions and answers, answering questions and answers in today's world in such a way that, you know, things like smoking, you cannot find anything explicit on smoking in the scripture that says don't smoke. But how do you explain it to people from the scriptures and say 
the Bible says it is actually wrong to smoke. We're going to, teach, we're going to look at it in the scriptures. That's why we have the Bible. So the work of a Bible interpreter, if you listen to Bible hermeneutics, I explain to you that the work of a Bible preacher is to explain and expound the scriptures. So my work to you is to explain the scriptures and look at it. And you look at you like, ah, how come I've been looking at this text for long and I've never seen what I'm seeing here? <laughs> Praise God. That is my work. Praise God. So we'll, have, we'll do all of those things very soon. Probably we'll start it next year or probably towards December. We look at it, answer questions and answer to be like in a Bible study like this on a Saturday like this, and we'll just look at certain key things in the scriptures, like um, transgender. What what does the scripture say about what does the scripture say about homosexuality? Is it wrong? You know, some people used to use the scripture to say it is right. Hope you know. Oh, you've not met them? Ah, oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll study that. You see, um, all of those transgender issues. What was the, why am I teaching it? We live in America <laughs> where everything is right. And if you condemn one, they'll say you are coming for us or something, you know, things like that. So we have to, we have to really see what does God's word say about those things. And we'll keep it on as a series and as issues progress, because issues will keep progressing. Before 2019, we did not know that we were everything called pandemic, right? So it was a new issue. So we have to still study what was God saying in pandemic. When I start teaching you, if you start listening to our series on the character of God, I started explaining, is it God's character to do evil? I've started that explanation and I'm going somewhere with that. Next year, I'm going to start a series on did God do it? Then we'll pick up... Um, stories in the Old Testament um, to prepare yourself for 2023. We're going to study a whole lot. We pick up stories in the Old Testament, just like Ark of Noah. Is it God that destroyed those people in those places? Job's story. I did, did a bit of that in Character of God. If some of you that were there, I did a bit of explanation on Job. Job's story, was it God who inflicted that problem on him? So we're going to answer the questions like that. Did God do it? We're going to address questions like um, Ananias and Sapphira. Was he God involved in their killing? The plagues in Egypt. Was he God involved in those things? Um, the wars in the scriptures. I met somebody one time, an agnostic, telling me, I was like, man, this guy's red, man. And he was, he was telling me, okay, how do you explain? You know, I was there that day. And he was asking me, how do you explain good and evil? How do you explain that the wars in scriptures, God was not involved? And I'm like, okay, cool. This guy is good. I said, oh, well, when I do a teaching, I will send it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, things like that. So we're going to study all of those things. And we're going to, so you, you have to have some, you have to be hungry for the knowledge of the scriptures. You have to. Paul said to Timothy, as from a child, you've known the holy scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto salvation, true faith in Christ. And Timothy was a young man. I told you in the good or bad soldier, if you're listening to that, that Timothy was a very young man pastoring a church. And he was to feed on the Old Testament. In fact, let me break your bubbles. The word Old Testament and New Testament was not God's word. It was you humans that titled it that. They just put it as a kaitodomi. Somebody just woke up one morning and said, guys, let's call this first book of the scripture Old Testament. Let's call the next book New Testament. It wasn't like that. Jesus did not call it Old Testament. Jesus called it the scriptures. And the scriptures means, I've always explained to you, grapho, something that is written, sacred writings right something that is written sacred writing so when you read the scriptures you are reading god's mind 
So you see a lot of people telling you there are contradictions in the scriptures. We're going to answer those things, God's word and God's action, like are there contradictions in the scriptures? I, met, I, I saw something on Facebook one time, and I always say this story. There was a, a Christian guy, a Muslim, showed him the scriptures and said, do you see that there's error here? He said, I never saw it like that. And he couldn't explain. We can't, we can't be living in, in such a world like that, where people can't be, can't be able to explain the scriptures. Why are they, if somebody, let me tell you just the basic answer to give those kind of people who tell you, hey, but Matthew said this. Have you met people like that who say Matthew said this, but Mark did not get it right. They, they missed some details in Mark. You've not met people like that. Guys, go on outreach now. You meet people like that. They'll say Matthew wrote this, but it's the same story. Why did they skip a detail? They are human beings. If I tell all of you to write what happened from 7 o'clock now that we started service till now, everybody's account is going to be different. Hope you know. Hope you know. Yeah, they are human beings. It's human beings that wrote the scripture, not God. The Bible also went through editing. They had to edit the scripture. <laughs> they edited God's word. You don't understand what I just said. They made sure that the English was perfect. And they now translated it. Remember I told you in Bible Hermeneutics, the Old Testament that you call Genesis to Malachi, is written in Hebrew. It was translated from Hebrew to Greek, to, to, um, to English. The New Testament was written in Greek. Jesus did not speak Greek. Jesus spoke Aramaic. So imagine they now spoke, imagine like saying, okay, let's use the word pidgin English. Some of you are Africans, you understand pidgin English. Imagine pidgin English, writing pidgin, somebody speaking pidgin English, then translating pidgin English to English. Hope you know that there will be a lot of issues in those places. So if somebody come and tell you there are contradictions in scriptures, human beings wrote it. It's an honest book. The Bible is an honest book. Human beings wrote the scriptures just like you and I. They will make mistakes. That's to tell you that God used the phrases of men to write the scriptures. It was not, it's to show you that human beings are not perfect. And I want to walk with those imperfections. Abraham was not perfect. And he walked with him. The only perfect person was Jesus. Paul was not perfect. In fact, Paul was a killer. Right? He was on his way to kill Christians and God called him. That is who God chose. No, think. I don't know if you, if you can think. He was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians and that is exactly who God chose to preach the gospel. So, how is that guy going to be perfect? Tell me. <laughs> Peter was a fisherman. He didn't go to school like you and I. So, you don't expect him to have all the concrete English could. <laughs> Can a fisherman speak good English? In fact, it's to, it's, history made us to understand that the book of Mark is a Peter's sermon. The book of Mark is a Peter's sermon. So, it means like Mark was in a class like this when Peter was preaching and he documented it down. <laughs> so you cannot, so if somebody calls you and says, um, this thing was written in Genesis, the same thing was not written in Exodus. Why is there a difference? It means your Bible is, I was in a panel in February with 25 or 30 Muslims in, in like all this clubhouse group and they were just very dishonest. We, we spent about three, four hours in the group and I said, calm down. So, you know, when they notice that you have knowledge, they say, no, leave the group, leave the group. I say, ah, <laughs> you guys are just so mischievous. I've been explaining something to you for the past three hours. All of you have asked me questions and none of you have been able to answer my own. 
I ask them question about their own Quran, they cannot answer me. They say, no, your own Bible is contradiction. Which is God, which is this? I say, ah, did your own Allah raise again from the dead? Did Muhammad stand up? What? So he is dead and forgotten. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Muhammad is dead, forgotten. We can't even find his dust again. So Jesus is alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can't answer that question. I was in that panel with them. I think in February. So, so what? Some, some random guy I'm teaching. The guy just so he was dead. He was stuck. They've dealt with him. You know, some Muslims just like to pitch on Christians just because they feel like they don't know anything and they just feel like they've read the scriptures. In fact, I used to tell you guys this story. One of the reasons why I took Bible study very seriously was one time, I think so many years ago, I was on an outreach and I met a guy. He said, I've read the scriptures 25 times and that time I have not finished my Bible once. And he said, ah. I, 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 said I said, say it again, he said 25 times. So, I, I, I was like, I don't mind. I, it's okay, it's fine. Everybody can read it. You have different reasons why you are reading the scripture. So, as I'm preaching to him, as I'm quoting the text, he's finishing it. Ha! So, if I say, John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his name, he said, that whosoever believeth in it shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'll quote out that way, he finish it. I, I said, you must be mischievous for you to read the Bible 25 times and not believe the gospel. <laughs> so, people, so, I, so, a lot of people read the scriptures for different reasons. You finish the Bible 25 times and you don't see a reason to believe. Then you read it to critique it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you know what those guys did in that panel? So they picked the Bible and the question they were asking was Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That how do you say there are three different gods? And I said, does it make, I told them, does it even make sense in your head? That we are serving three gods. That's why I start, because you have to think. You, you know, some, some, some people, is, the only thing they just need is, they just need to own a switch in their brains, honestly. Because some people, it's just like when they open the scripture, they just get dull. They are brilliant. That's why you find a very, a prof, prof, PhD degree. They'll tell the, they'll tell the prof, bring anointing hoy and, and take your sand in your father's compound and bring it to church. A prof. You know, prof. <laughs> Maybe he has done his thesis, he has done everything, but the prof can't think that ah, this is witchcraft. Bring your sand in your father's house. They are doing it in America. Favor was there one time. We went to a church. They told us to bring our belt or cane and come and flog our enemies. And see, I'm not joking. You guys are laughing. It's not fun. I'm, I'm not joking. They say we should bring broom and we will not pack it. So you bring cane and broom. So as you flog the enemy, you will pack the enemy. <laughs> I'm, I swear, I also be lying. Is, is this America that happened though? <laughs> I'm not joking. We brought cane. So they say, now beat the enemy. So everybody took a share. <laughs> it became gymnastic, spiritual gymnastic. Everybody would say, beat the enemy. In church, church, people went to school there. People have master's degree there. And they could not think that this is 
This is, <laughs> you know, I was sharing with another pastor. The pastor said, was the church really dirty? Do you people have sanitation department? He said, because probably this pastor is trying to use time to make all of you sweep the church. <laughs> Some people are just daft. Because... And I, I, I don't have apologies. You find some people asking some unreasonable questions. You have to think. This book was documented. This Bible was documented because men wrote it. That's why it says only men of old were inspired to write the scriptures. Inspiration doesn't mean the Holy Ghost was dictating to them and saying, okay, favor, now write. John 3 16. They will not put it down. John 3 16. No. That's not inspiration. I'm going to explain this. Don't worry. Anticipate Bible may not take series 2. We're going to deal with all this dichotomy of all these things. Because, so in that panel, I was there and they were just so mischievous. I'll tell you most of the details much later. And so, and I said, does it even make sense that we are sorry? They said, no, whatever. This or that. So, the guy that brought me in just ran away. He set me up. I did not know it was a setup. It was, it was like, Shibi, you know Bible. Now, this is it. So he just muted himself. I was yelling. So after I finished, he said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so for like three hours, I kept answering their question. After I now got to a point, I finished explaining the Old Testament with them. They said, don't use the Old Testament. We believe the Old Testament. It is the Torah to all. I said, ah-ah. They say it's the new. Okay. That is where the problem came. Dividing the scriptures. Thinking there is an old thing and there is a new thing. The 66 books are one. You have to learn to read it as one. It is an explanation. If Paul was to explain to Timothy... The scriptures, what is he explaining to him from? The Old Testament. Now, I'm using the word Old Testament, that is Genesis to Malachi. What Bible was Jesus using in his day? Genesis to what? Malachi. Does it make sense? So, what was Jesus doing? Jesus was teaching from that book. Does it make sense? That's what you find in Luke. Look at Luke 24. Look at Luke 24. Let's go to Luke 24. Luke 24. So when, when you have people approach you about questions about the scriptures, you should know what to say. Look at Luke 24. Verse 25. Luke 24, verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophet has spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Look at verse 46. I'm beginning at what? Now, if, if to a random reader now, who already have read the Old Testament, where did Moses begin from? Genesis. So, where was Jesus teaching from? Genesis. Genesis. That's simple. So, I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Who are the prophets? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Abakuk, all the prophets. Major, minor prophet, Ezekiel. He began to expound in expound unto them. And I've taught you the word expound there means menu. He started interpreting, explaining unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Look at verse 44. Look at verse 44 in that same Luke 22. Luke 24, sorry. Verse 44. He says, and 
He said unto them, These words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. You see, so he was teaching from the law of Moses, right? The prophets in the Psalms, right? Yeah. Concerning me. So Jesus taught where? From the Old Testament. From Genesis to Malachi. So what was all the preachers in the, Old Thes- in the New Testament doing? Expounding on what? Genesis to Malachi. What am I doing today? I am teaching from the 66 books. Paul never emphasized that we will read the letter that he wrote to Timothy in 2022. If he knew that we will be reading it, he would have written it better. Hope you know. Hope you know. He would have written it in a context that the whole world will read it. He wrote it to an audience of one. But by God's providence, we are reading it today. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Number, the Theonomy to the children of Israel. If Moses knew that in 2022, I will be teaching from it, Moses would have, you know those times he was saying, and now Moses is the meekest man on earth. You know, he was praising himself. He would have added more things. I'm the meekest man on earth, and yet, no, nobody can come near me. And, you know, because he, he, imagine he had a foresight that the whole world will be reading his book. So they were, they, it was like an audience of one. Just like as I'm teaching you today now, our message is being recorded. People can pick this message and listen in Germany. Were they my intended audience? No, you are. Does it make sense? People can pick this message in, in Jamaica and listen. It's fine. They're going to be blessed. But were they my intended audience? No. You are my intended audience. So when Paul was writing to the church of Corinth, who was his intended audience? The church of Corinth. We are now learning from what he thought the church of Corinth from the Old Testament. Remember, let us wait. So he has taught the church. Let us wait like a corroboration. Like saying, you know, let's use girlfriend. I, I, I used to use a boyfriend and girlfriend situation now. You know, because you guys are in love, Right? Don't stop acting like hypocrites. Some of you that have booze and babes. I know you people. I just keep quiet. Anyway. Now, those of you in those situations now, because of the of the impending situation, you know, imagine in that your letter, probably your text message, your love letter, your text message, you guys are saying, ah, I love you. The person responded, I hate you. You know, if I pick the letter now, the message I read, your, your WhatsApp chat, now, and I read it. I'm like, why? Why did he say he hates you? But you're like, oh. You that you wrote it to, or that he wrote it to, you're like, ah, it's a normal thing now. This, he has a big head, right? All of you suddenly go away quiet. <laughs> because I was not the audience of that message. Does it make sense? So that's why, so why, so why are we, so the, our, the Bible preacher is faced with a dichotomy today to explain the scriptures in today's world. Does it make sense? Now, if they were smoking, if there was anything called smoking now, in Moses' time, Moses would have documented it. Are you seeing now? But do you notice that Paul put it down? Paul had to put something like, do not be drunk wearing in essence. So in Paul's time, men have started getting drunk. Are you seeing it? Do not be drunk wearing in essence, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Now, where will he get his narrative of being drunk from? Noah was a drunkard. Uh, as, yeah, Noah was a drunkard. His son mocked him for being drunk. So, where would he teach the church from? From saying, these guys are drunkard. From where? Genesis to Malachi. When he says, do not walk in the flesh, he is going to pick examples of those who walked in the flesh in Genesis to Malachi. So, you know what we are now reading? We are now reading an explanation. So, the letter, the church understands. So, you and I are going to sit down like... Now, let's say we are reading Timothy now. You are going to sit down in Timothy's shoes to understand the letter. Does it make sense? That is how it works. If we are, in, if we are studying Genesis now... We are going to go back to Moses' audience to understand it. Today, Jehovah's Witness made us to feel like the tree was apple, this, that, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, tree of this. No, the audience understood that it is not, there is no tree. Does snake talk? Can a serpent talk? But Jehovah's Witness made us to feel like that yellow book, you know it. You read it. My book of Bible story. Let's say the name very well. They told you that serpent spoke with his mouth. So you too, you grew up thinking the serpent was speaking. Then God now cursed the serpent. Then that's why he stopped speaking. <laughs> no! Moses' audience were agarians in nature. They didn't have technology. They were always in the wilderness. They understood trees. Um, um, fruits, stars, those things that deals with nature. So how will Moses communicate to those people? He will communicate using what they understood to them. They were always in the wilderness. So that's why he will use the word Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden doesn't mean that. It, so it's using like a physical location to explain. Garden of Eden will simply be like a Paris of our day. Or like a Manhattan of our day, Times Square, a beautiful place. Then he's now explaining that in that garden, God placed man. Then from that place, there's a tree, right? There's a tree. And he's using trees to explain how men can believe the gospel or not. So when Jesus would teach in Matthew, he said that whoever eats something in his mouth will go to the toilet and poo. He was explaining Moses to let them understand it was not about tree because the word now has changed. Does it make sense? When Paul will now explain it in 2 Corinthians 4, he said the light of the glorious gospel of fire would have shined in our hearts. Hallelujah. When John will explain, now, Isaiah and all of those people, they spoke about the incarnation. But when John will explain it, he says, we beheld him. John 1 verse 14, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Are you seeing it? Peter will say in his epistles and say, we are eyewitness of these things. Hallelujah. That is how it is. So when you read the scriptures, you must sit down in their world to understand it. Don't read it in 2022 world because it, they have not reviewed the scripture. <laughs> are you getting me? That's why, if you read a letter like Corinth now, or 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you, I'm going to teach you something later on. Issues in Corinth, what, what, what was going on in Corinth, then we'll understand why the letter was written that way. Then you figure that 
there was a lot happening in the church. So Paul was addressing different issues. Many other times, letters are questions that they asked, and Paul has to respond through a letter. Just like you have a question, then we will teach you, right? So Paul used it as a letter to teach them, and we are reading from it. Did Paul emphasize that in Rochester, New York, 2022, I will be teaching from that? No. But that's God's providence. That's God's wisdom. So could so are you now seeing are you now seeing how the scriptures was written? So if somebody now tell you there's contradictions in the scripture, the person is daft. The person does not just understand. Sit down and let us teach you instead of making an assumption. And most of those people that do it are not Christians. They're just critiques of the scriptures. Because no true Christian will fault the scripture. Me and you believe the scriptures. That's why we are born again. We were not there when Jesus died, when he was buried, when he rose again. You were not there. But they told you, you read it in the scripture, you believed it. So that's why you're going to believe every other thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's how it works. So when you read the scriptures, you must have a proper understanding. Does it make sense? So pick. So when you are reading Bible, sit down. Think, use your head. It was written in figures of speech. I explained this. Go and pick Bible and Menotic Series 1 and listen again, guys. It was written in figures of speech. Because now there's English involved. So there will be figures of speech. There will be simile. There will be metaphor. There will be oxymoron. There will be hyperbole. There will be exaggerations. You, you think. I did some explanations of those in Bible and Menotics. How certain places, and I'm still going to do more. Do you get it? So, Pick. So when you are reading the scriptures, you must learn to read in the word of the... I explained to you in, in Bible Notice, I said... I think I taught Bible Notice two years ago, right? Beginning of last year. Okay. And this is for series two, though. Now, I told you you must read in the mind of the author. Because the author has a mind. Just like I'm teaching you today now, I have a goal. Now, somebody now will pick this track. Now, this is, I think, our seventh session in this gospel, right? Now, somebody can go and pick this seventh session now and just say, ah, he said the Bible is wrong. You know, the person has not listened to the first six tracks. Are you seeing how people can get mischievous? That's how it works. So, sometimes, you even have to read the entire Bible together to, find, to figure out your answer. Is Bible study, like I used to tell you, Bible study is not a joke. It's what took Paul to teach and somebody died. <laughs> he walked the guy up and continued teaching. Cannot be a joke. What took Jesus upon his resurrection to spend 40 days with his people just teaching? Can't be a joke. What it took Moses in the wilderness to keep teaching and explaining the law to those guys? Can't be a joke. How you get to what I'm saying? Bible study can't be a joke. If you are lazy, don't attend Bible study. You must take Bible study serious. Take it. When you pick a message, want to understand, take your notes, want to study. Bible study is not a joke. It is, it's like saying, do you know, it's like saying God has committed this word to your... See, let me have times. Before I come to teach you, I'm very nervous. I'm saying this for the first time. Because this is God's word. I must not make a mistake. I'm very nervous. 
I go back listening again. Okay, did I make a mistake here? Because this will go beyond me. Somebody can pick this message in 2050 and hear this and think, what is this guy saying? When you are preaching to somebody on the street, know what you are saying. This thing is not a joke. This is why Christ died. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, If Christ be not raised from the dead, our faith is in vain. So our faith is each on the written scriptures. I was explaining, look at 1 Corinthians 15. Let's go gradually into what we have for today. Then we'll, we'll, we'll study all of this in Bible and notice. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. So think Bible study serious. Hallelujah. Think Bible study serious. Look at 1 Corinthians. It says, Moreover, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, where and herein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I believe unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And how that he was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. And I explained to you, I said, that word according to the scriptures is from the Greek word katharas graphers. And it means that according to what was written. Right? I don't know if you remember that. I said it's according to what was written. So that means the scripture has been written. It has been written. It has been written in line with what has been written. And I said that word receive is from the Greek word paralambano. It means that Paul, and I explained to us in the last session, I said it means that Paul has received it from the scriptures. It was not as if, what was happening to Paul? Was it as if he was somewhere, the Holy Ghost was jotting, was, was dictating the scripture to him and he was now jotting it down? No. And I explained to us, I want to explain it again, that word received. That word received. Say, I have received of the Lord. And I said, I have received of the Lord was written and Look at how he was taught. Look at 1 Corinthians 11, 22 to 23 to 26. 1 Corinthians 11. to 26. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night which he was betrayed through bread, and he had given things, and he broke it, and he said, Take it, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After that, the same manner, also he took up, and he had sobbed, saying, This cup is the new testament of my blood. Do this, this do ye, as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Now, where did Paul get this from? It was, he got it from the four Gospels. The account, remember, the four Gospels has not even been written. It means he was told. Right? The four Gospels has not been written as at this time. Paul was even the first person to write any book in the New Testament. First Thessalonians was the first book to be written. So he, he has written his scriptures very years before even the four Gospels were written. That's to tell you that the four Gospels were the- theology, not just an eyewitness account. They were not just telling you how Jesus walked upon the street of men. No, it's theology, pure theology, and we'll study it someday. So, it means he was told what Jesus did. 
So meaning, when they say it was received, is from an oral tradition. And I'm going to walk you through something. What does oral tradition means? It means, and I explained, I said, Chiamaka is Igbo now. Chiamaka told me a story of Biafra that her mother told her. Now, could her mother be right or wrong? I don't know. That is what her mother told her, and that's what she's still going to tell her children. That, ah, Yorubas were wicked. The Northerners did this to them. This and that happened. Okay, just like they told us. I mean, I, I use this story to explain to you so that a proper American can understand this. Roots. I mean, if you have watched Roots, Kutakinti. Ah, what are you guys doing? The, the story of slavery, how America was built, and all of those things. Now, they told us the story. You were not there when they picked slavery. Now, nobody should go and hear this message now and say, I, I did not believe in slavery. They took us, they took Africa, in fact, especially Nigerians, as slaves. If you watch Journey of an African Colony on, on um, Netflix, they will let you know that Nigerians were the most populated slave in the world. So that's why it's as though there is no there is no way on this earth. In fact, if you enter under the ground, you will find Nigeria. <laughs> you will find in Nigeria. I'm I'm not joking. Go to Alaska, you will find in Nigeria. <laughs> ah, we, we we are everywhere. In fact, there's a street in Portugal that is just strictly for Nigerians alone. So <laughs> we are everywhere. Our blood is circulating everywhere. So now, back to what I'm saying. They took, now, they took a lot of Africans for slaves, built the White House, built everything in America. You were not there. They passed the story down to you. In fact, they have now started teaching the story in politics class, in history classes. That's oral tradition. Now, so let me explain to you how scriptures was written. Moses was not born in Genesis. In fact, when you read the scriptures well, Moses was born in Exodus 2. How was Moses able to write the story of his birth in Exodus 1? He was told. Is it making sense? It, that means they told him his story and he documented it down. Moses was not born when Abraham was alive. Moses was not born when Joseph was in prison and he documented it like he was watching them on the TV. I don't know if you if you read those books, it was so detailed. He will tell us, he told us the begat, he told us ah, this uh, Moses, in fact, Abraham lied. How did he know the story of how Abraham lied to Abimelech? You know, different things. He told us they sold his brother, he went to the butler. You know, those intricate details. What concerns us with butler, butler, uh, butter, baker? Farming in the land, how was he able to document it? It shows in Israel at that time, or in Egypt at that time, or wherever they were at that time, that was the story that was circulating. So, what Moses did was to now document the history properly. And that's what we have as scripture today. So, you see that inspiration that we read today is the stories that were flying around. In fact, there's something that will teach you much later. That those 630 laws that Moses gave the children of Israel were already the laws of the land as at that time. It was not a new law. It's just like 
our today's love don't cross the red light if you cross the red light police will catch you if you pass 78 <laughs> 78 on 70 police will stop you i'm surprised 78 on 70 and police flagged you down america is a new world <laughs> now you know those are laws of the land now imagine i'm not trying to write to let's say before i die and i'm old and forgotten i don't want i want people to remember rochester okay just like how we have the history of chasfini in rochester chasfini came to this city in 1830 or 18 i can't remember the actual date i don't want to quote something but he came to this um state or this city this exact rochester in the 18s and there was a great revival in this city in fact it was documented that everybody in rochester then was saved if you enter a typical walmart they will greet you praise the lord we we'll see in church tomorrow in this city now you can't you can't imagine it right now but it happened in this city now how did we know it was written that's oral traditions does it make sense so now if somebody asks you moses was born in exodus 2 how was he able to document Genesis 1? In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. People, I will explain that one to you much later. That Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3. But other stories like Abraham, other stories like Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, his own birth, how was he able to explain it? Oral traditions. Does it make sense? So now, how is the scripture written? It was a story that was circulating. In fact, it was believed that Joseph was the, one of the most intellectual persons at that time, Joseph that was sold in prison, and he documents certain things that was in Israel. So those are things that they go to class, and Moses was schooled by the Egyptians, and Egyptians at that time were like saying the New York of today, where they were schooled and learned and everything was booming. So Moses was schooled in that place. So the story was really passed down to him. And I explained to you the use of intelligence. I think I did it in one of those in one of these sessions. And I was able to properly document things down. Does it make sense? So that's oral traditions. So when Paul said, I have received of the Lord, was he really the Lord? Are you seeing it? So the Lord is stories. <laughs> so are you seeing how to study the scriptures? That's oral traditions. Most, Paul was not there as at the time of Jesus. How was he able to write 1 Corinthians 11 where it says, at the time Jesus said, take this bread, eat in reverse of me. He was told by the disciples who were at the last supper. Does it make sense? Does, if it makes sense, let me see your hands. All right, cool. So, because you have to have proper understanding of the scriptures. You have to. So now, let's continue. Oh shoot! Hallelujah. Ooh, let's let's continue. Um, let's we 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 studied a whole lot, but let's see how we can put this to a close. I want to try and see where we can put this to a close. So this so we we said this gospel right, and I said that one thing I want to do with this series is to give you an introduction. When this sections is out, when all of this um series this introduction says i beg you listing again and again and again and again and again starting next year i'm going to it's going to be an intense work we are going to start working on because i'm going to start 
the series properly. What I'm doing is to introduce you to the series. You know, I've already told you, I showed you how Jesus died, right? That he didn't die on the cross. I don't know if you remember. That he died spiritually, right? And that's relating to Adam, right? And I showed you how he was buried, right? I rose again and I told you where he went to with the blood, right? And I explained to you this statement of the blood of Jesus, what it means. That the blood of Jesus don't mean, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood. It just simply means the life of Jesus is uh, the life is the blood. So, listen again and again because every little captions of details I said, I am going to now expand it further. Like that issue of sin now, maybe in section one or section two or maybe series one, I'm going to now deal with it. What is the sin? Okay, what can define a sinner? Before we can say this person is a sinner, what has he done? I've explained this. I did this series in 2018, right? And I explained what makes a person a sinner. I think I did it. People, can you remember? I explained 86 Street. That is a person born a sinner in understanding Genesis. I, I did that right in understanding Genesis when I say, well, I explained to you that what makes a person a sinner. Uh, and I explained the age of accountability, all of those things. And uh, the, I, I think I did it in Did We Sin in Adam? If you, if you listen to Did We Sin in Adam, I think you will see some of those uh, questions there. What makes a man a sinner? Now, we're going to study sin in this proper concept. Where it started from, where it's going to, and where it's going to end. And maybe in the future, we're going to ask a question. Because somebody will ask you to. Not now. Don't ask me. I'm just going to ask you. A question can come up. After Jesus died. After Jesus come again. Let's use the second. Let's use Jesus come again. Think. Don't ask me. I'm not answering this question for the next 20 years. So don't, don't even ask me. And don't, don't use time to ask. Because we'll study later. Somebody can ask you. After Jesus coming again. Because I've always told you we'll still be on this earth. We are not, there's no way we are going to. Heaven is here. <laughs> some of you that are thinking that you have, there's a mansion for you in evil <laughs> Jesus is not a carpenter even if he was a carpenter on earth he's not going to continue his carpentry work <laughs> he's not going to continue his so a lot of people think Jesus is just doing construction sites say, oh yeah put this out put this out put this out <laughs> that's the when he says in my father's house there are many remember I told you when you are reading the scripture don't read it <laughs> read like he was talking to his disciples who understood. You, when they say mansion, because of the greed in your heart of, you have watched Tyler Perry mansion, you have watched all of those mansions on YouTube, how they tell you $1.5 million, that's what is on your mind. And you are thinking that your being born again will make you acquire it, even if you cannot acquire it, you better go and walk and get it. So people will never be, live in mansion. It's not a cause, it's just the sin. It's just how its life is. So people, will never, so people will just watch it on YouTube all their life and they will just die without being in the mansion. It's just life. So we, <laughs> and some that did not even know Christ, up to you, and study Greek, up to you, will be living there. It's life. His life. He's almost born again, <laughs> but he's not in this service taking notes, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's just life. So, because of the greed you are so easy, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. <laughs> you now think, he say, in my father's house, there are many mansions. <laughs> I've done this explanation over and over and over and over and over and over again. It doesn't it not say mansion. When he says, okia, it's, it's the word okia in the Greek, mansion, house. 
it means, in fact, when I took a Greek class, I took a Greek class when I was in IEPY, it made me even understand it. Actually, it's a word, when you say mansion, it's a word that actually people really relate to. It's just we as Christians, because of the mindset we have, that's why it seemed complicated to us. When I was in the class, I figured that it wasn't a big of a problem. In fact, I think they used this scripture to even explain it again. That it wasn't a big of a problem because once you can understand that word oikea, it just simply means in my father's household, there are many families. I did this teaching father and his family many years ago, 2018 or 17, I think. And I explained it there that when it says in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. It just simply means in my father's household, in my father's family. It's not saying there's so this person we have so where we so imagine a billion people so that means someone say it's the street of gold it's the street of gold so guys let me let, now think of something think or oh, think think where is gold from eh? in the earth right so how did they want to make gold in heaven if it is heavenly things why are they using earthly things to make heavenly things no, I'm sure you've never thought about this before. Street of gold, street of gold. Is gold not... Where did they discover gold from? How did they purify gold to make it 24 characters? Is it not the same yet? So imagine Jesus now using the same... The same impure gold to go and build a, a pure city. Think. Uh. You guys have to think. So now, back to what I'm saying. Just let's leave that aside. Go listen to messages. You find, you find those explanations there. Now, somebody can ask you and say, when Jesus comes again, I'm using the word Jesus come again because this word rapture I've always told you is not in the scripture. It's just like crusaders. They just brought it in, like maybe 500 or 600 years ago. Mahanata, Mahanata, Mahanata. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. They say rapture. What they told us in scripture is in the twinkle of the eye, we will be caught up with him in the clouds. They did not say so all of us all of us go and pick the parable. One person will be grinding stone. <laughs> the other person will suddenly disappear. Then you know they used to teach you that things in the night. How have you noticed that it's always in the night that those that those messages to be preached? Then you go, my you don't be wondering. <laughs> Me and my sister will be grinding. At those times, we used to use grinding stone in my house. So I'm just so anytime maybe our big sister then used to dry, grind the stone. I don't wonder. Maybe she is the one that is going. So <laughs> <laughs> if she's grinding, if she tell me grind, I'll say no. What in case Jesus come? You will be the one to go. <laughs> you, you will be the one that will not go because they say some will be grinding stone, the other will go. <laughs> so that me, I will be the other that will go. <laughs> you know, religion is a is a is a cause. You know, religion is religion is. You know, see, what, let me tell you something. When you listen to a gospel that brings fear in your heart is false. Perfect love casteth out fear. The love of God does not bring fear to your heart. Does it make sense? Any message you listen to, they tell you, end time, end time, end time movie, end time, end time. 
and you are just scared, just know that's not of God. You must be at peace. He said he has made, he is now our peace. That's what the scripture says. Christ has become our peace. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you listen to the message that is giving you fear, just making you scared, and this, you are born again. Glory to God. You are born again. You are seated with him in heavenly places. So you are in heaven now. Hallelujah. You are seated with him there. Ephesians 2 verse 5 to 6. You are seated with him already. You are not trying to go somewhere. You've gone there. In Christ. Just quick thinking. How, but I'm seated in this black chair. No. You are seated in another place. A place of authority. A place of power. That's why you can speak and say in the name of Jesus be healed. Because you are not, you are not just here. You are a man in two worlds. Glory to God. Glory you function both in the earthly and the spiritual. That's why you can speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not earthly. It's spiritual. It's supernatural. You just prayed in tongues not quite long. You sang in tongues not quite long. How did you think you can do that? You think it's because you're on this earth? No, earthly people don't do that. Heavenly people do it. Glory to God. You have access to the Father. You can pray. You can boldly. You can talk boldly to God. So that's it. So now, somebody can ask you. Because, like I tell you, I want, one of the things I want us to, as a church to do is, let, I want to stretch your mind on scriptures. I want you to think. I, I don't want this church where we are dull of scriptures. I want, I want questions. I want, I want you to be thinking. So that as we are approaching much light in the scriptures, your questions are getting to a destination and answer. Do you get it? I can't answer every question now, but with years to years and years, and we will start teaching and we will start exploring gospel. Look at all the things I told you I'm going to teach now. I'm sure it's creating questions in your mind. Okay, how do you explain gay from the scriptures? I'm going to teach you so that when somebody sits you down and, tell you, and you are telling you, tell you, you are wrong. Don't, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and, not Adam and Steve, or Eve and Evelina. <laughs> <laughs> you know so you have to be able to explain this like that in scripture uh, let them know and you will not just just go and condemn do you have to go crazy about that you've got no you have to use the bible to, to break it down so now if somebody i don't know I'm, 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 i'll be drawing back on this question if somebody can ask you in future and say what if after Jesus come, I'm using the word Jesus come now because we'll study that word later. What does Jesus come? Jesus has come into your heart. <laughs> so we say, ha, what is, so what is that going to happen? <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't have Jesus in you. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's, let's answer a question. Has Jesus come into you? When you want to preach to people, when the gospel I think you had to get saved, they told you, I said Jesus into your heart. Is that not what they said? <laughs> right? <laughs> they said, I said Jesus into your heart right now. Say after me. So when you accepted it to your heart, has he not come down? <laughs> so where is Jesus now? <laughs> so what are you waiting for? <laughs> so we are just waiting for different things. I don't know what you are waiting for. 
When the head shall end, let's use that word. When the head end, and everybody is now free, there's no sin, you know, you're now walking in the paradise that you think you are walking in. And is there a possibility that sin can happen again? That's the question. So, <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me. I just want you to think. For the next 30 years of our life, we keep, that's, what, that's our destination in this study. Are you getting me? We'll, we'll start drawing every dot, every series, every corner to get where. What if the twinkle of the eye have happened? The trumpet has sounded. We have started living in internal glory, in the internal life. Can there be an abrupt again to that, <laughs> to that internal life? Can there be another Adam who will be unfortunate? <laughs> what if there is another Adam who just decides to wake up and say, I want to sin? Because don't forget, your choices will still be there. God will never tamper with your choice. Will Jesus now come back again <laughs> to die? See, you have to, this thing I'm telling you to, this, thing, this question I'm asking you is not, these are theologians' questions. These are not, um, normal people that just carry the Bible to just critique and just say, Genesis, well, no, I'm, t- I'm telling you questions that they are still trying to answer in theology and nobody is, people are still not getting the answer. Uh, you get it, I still don't even know the answer. But I know that one day I will know it and I will be able to answer, explain it to you someday. But this is where we are going. So as we keep approaching the light of God's word, as we keep approaching the scripture, we want to explore what if someday on that day or on the last day, on the resurrection morning, or maybe on that very resurrection morning, after the rapture have happened, <laughs> let's use that word, favor just wake up and say, I want to sin again. Will Jesus come back to die? <laughs> What will happen to your faith? Think. All right, let's study. It's not now. We'll study that later. These are questions in theology class seminaries, and we are still looking for answers. But not today. Maybe in the next 30 years, I will give you the answer. I have the answer, but I will tell you in the next 30 years. All right, the gospel is a specific message of what Christ did for us. The news, the very essence of the message is good. So we have seen the message. We have this fact. It's refutable account. I've showed you in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 to 4 the importance of the message. So you and I now, as at this point, you are not unsure of Adam's transgression anymore. You already understand what spiritual death means. So don't attempt to preach the gospel with your own wisdom. So when you preach the gospel, don't attempt to preach it with your own wisdom or sugarcoat it or attempt to be using oratory speech. You know, you know, you know, like I was just thinking, listen that, okay. Preach the message like it is. Like I told you, this message is not uh, it, it is lack of indiscipline that make people just get on the pulpit. See, let me tell you, a lot of things that a lot of Charismatics do today, and a lot of preachers do today, and just get all the people just wake up one morning and say, There's one pastor of the Father's house doing you this and that to believers in Christ. 
Imagine the believer in Christ needing deliverance. It can't happen in the, in, 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 the, in the old days. It can't. You can't even be given the pulpit. Because you have to know what you are saying well before you start to talk. Before even Paul could be accredited as a preacher, Barnabas had to recommend him to the disciples and say, I have tested him. He's a good guy. And he had to spend time in Jerusalem to let them know, okay, we, okay, your message is pure. You can go ahead to do what you have to do. But now the world has changed. Anybody can just wake up one morning and start a church and preach whatever he wants and say, this is the vision that God has given me to do. That's not how it's supposed to be. The message must be held sacred. What it cost God to come down for. Guys think, God who created heaven and earth, came down. Do you know what it means for him to become a man like you? God who says, I am not a man. Remember, he said it in the Old Testament and said, I am not a man, this and that and that, that will not lie, that will not this. And that same man, that same God now became a man, walked upon this sinful head, became poor. They slapped your Lord Jesus. They slapped the God who created the sun, the moon. They slapped him. You don't understand. They tore his clothes and say, Is it not Jesus? <laughs> they slapped God. They flogged God. 39 strokes save one. <laughs> <laughs> they flogged your Lord God, your Lord, the Father and Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ. They flogged him. What it cost is life. We cannot joke with it. I don't know about you, but it should not be joking. It should, it should not be thinking with levity. So when you stand to preach, because I believe every one of you are preachers, when you stand to preach, which you should be doing, because, see, if you are not preaching the gospel, if you are not sharing this thing, you are not full, you are disobeying God. See, when God saved every man, the next thing he told man was to go and share it. Matthew 28. Go around. Make disciples of all nations. Preaching the gospel. So you were not saved to be enjoying your salvation and be saying, I'm sitting in class. Glory. Forgiving. You know. I'm shouting redemption. Glory to God. I'm just shouting glory, glory, glory. No. You were saved to go and tell another man. See, let me tell you, even God preached his own message. He came down it, walked upon the street of men, and preached. Hathen verse 38, how God went about healing the sick, doing good, healing those of the oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He preached. He went into villages in Luke 9. He went into Samaritan. They rejected your Lord God. The disciples were now saying, Master, can't you call down fire upon them? Why would they reject you? You know? So, we must not be adding Obama slogans to the gospel. <laughs> I'll be using Obama. You know, I told you a story. One, one, one naive person said, Oh, Big Eight is a preacher. How? My pastor is to quote him a lot. Hey? Ah, you can't blame him because maybe when the pastor when he gets to the pulpit, when the pastor gets to the pulpit, he say, 
Yesterday I was watching Big Gay saying, this is that, everything is just saying Big Gay, Taylor Moss. The person is just giving them business tips. Because, you know, some churches, all they just go for, you know, tomorrow now people wake up early in the morning and all they are going to go and hear is, brethren, you can get there and they still not got in there. <laughs> you know, they tell you, aspire to desire. Even the pastor does not even understand the crux of the message he's saying. Aspire, just, everybody's saying, who, pastor, tell them, tell them. Who, preach it, pastor. <laughs> you know, you're just giving them sound bites. You're giving them sound bites. 3Ds of success. <laughs> I don't know why that message has never left me. Every morning when we're, when we're in high school, those days. 5 a.m., 3Ds of success. 9 p.m. in the night, 3Ds of success. Ah! In fact, as, he, as the man is saying the next week, we are saying it after him. He's, he has rehearsed the message. So, that was his, like, his magic wand. Anytime he wants to move the power of God. Brethren, we boom, 3Ds of success. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe when he doesn't, maybe, you know, preachers do things. Not me, though. Preachers do things. Sometimes, maybe they don't have any message to preach. Just look for, look for, look for what's, what's on their note again. Uh, so you just come to chapel in the morning, 5 a.m. All of us, we are still even doing looking. Wake up! Three days of success. <laughs> Number one, desire. <laughs> That's what we heard, all true. So you cannot blame, you can't blame some of my people in my high school. Today, both of them don't even understand the gospel. You can't blame them. What they heard is three days of success. So now, when I'm doing Greek work, you are talking too much. <laughs> when you are talking too much, which one is Greek words? <laughs> so, the message is sacred. Tell your neighbor, say the message is sacred. The message is sacred. It's sacred. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. It says, And I, brethren, I came to you not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I was with you in much witness and in fear and in much trembling. Look at verse 4, very key. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So every preacher, just like you, seated here, because you are a preacher. Tell your neighbor, say you are a preacher. You are a preacher. Oh, you're not saying like a mini. You are a preacher. You are a preacher. Every preacher, every clergy must be determined like Paul. Never to have an audience sensitive appeal message. Like you want to give them acquire to desire, the retire to desire, the refire to and to go into a fire. That's what our vice principal used to tell us those times. Brethren, I don't think he even knows what he's saying. Because he doesn't look like somebody who has aspired to desire the retire. <laughs> because he, his trouser is like this. He put his trouser this way. Then he'll come. And this I used to stand. Aspire to desire the desire. This is why. <laughs> and he if you look at him up to down, he doesn't look like someone that has really has that I've even done the first one to aspire. <laughs> Not to talk of perspire. <laughs> you know? And some people, they just like. I remember when I met this one too. She said, she used to tell me, a pastor is somebody. I don't want to mention his name. 
And that pastor, the only thing the pastor does is to be given a sound bite. Mm. In the garden, the man had to walk. Then from the walk, he had ah. God did not tell him to walk the ah. <laughs> so that he will walk the walk that walked the walk. Ah. And was, mm. How? How? <laughs> but, wait, tell me. How, he, how is that a blessing? That's how a bishop, somebody in this same America, this Mammon is a spirit, a TV host. Tyler Perry gave a bishop maybe a million dollars. The bishop laid hands and said, Tyler Perry should lay hands on him. He said, ah, he said, no, lay. A whole bishop, and he sought to, a, to the title of a bishop. Say Tyler Perry should lay hands on him. I say, speak your word now. Speak. Tyler Perry should take the man. Say, no, he receive it too. Receive it to a bishop. Who should be? Where is the deliverer? This deliverance. <laughs> who should be delivering? Who? We're just making mockery of so many things. Puppets that seem very sanctimonious, seem very holy, seem very. You know, when you were younger, the pulpit was like the holy place. But in that same pulpit, that's where you would do tintipaya. Hope you know. Tintipaya. Hey, tintipaya. You do all those choreography. Tintipaya. Hey, the world is all over. It is. It's not a Christian song. They just deceived you. It's just like, I believe I can fly. Have you flew? Have you flew? Since you have been singing that. It was not a Christian song, it was a motivational song. I remember one time too, choirs just came. I believe okay. How? The singer? Is not. Please let me continue my message. Frederick. We need to know what we are doing. No? <laughs> Tell your neighbor. <laughs> See, you need to know what you are doing. <laughs> you need to know what you are doing. <laughs> because they say, just imagine in Paul's church. Paul's church. Somebody is doing things. Somebody is doing comedy. You know? Now, in America now, you just stand up and say, Welcome to church. I told you, I went for a service one time. One hour was the service. Somebody say, I like that kind of service. This time, oh, it's too long. You just want to just, just do Greek words. That one, one hour. Guess what? The service was so brief, you think it's vapor. Like, they just, boom, welcome to church. They just worship. The worship words were in plume, rapture. The man just summarized, how he summarized the whole of, he summarized three chapters. Jeremiah, no, it was Jeremiah, chapter one and three. So what will take me three months to do? The man just did three chapters, boom, in 13 minutes. Then after, we sang another song and say, thank you very much. We took offering and I say, we'll see you next Sunday. Ah, I thought, so, I thought it was the first Sunday because they say it's a cookie Sunday. So I thought, oh, probably it's cookie Sunday. They want people to eat cookie and gist. That's why they finish early. So me too, as an hungry bed, I went to eat cookie. 
and I gisted and I drank lemonade. I came back the next Sunday thinking at least they might still be. If I thought there is no word, they should be a cookie. <laughs> because that cookie, ah, there's no one matter. No, this one was handmade. Forget one matter. <laughs> handmade cookie. Oh, oh, if I was still hot. I don't know. I don't. I, I believe the person that made it not attend service. <laughs> he probably brought it. I don't. <laughs> the next Sunday, ah, another one hour. In fact, I now met a man, a Nigerian man like me. I asked him, "What are you doing?" He said, "Don't you like the service?" I said, "I don't think so." He said, "Ah, you missing a lot." The guy started speaking English for me. I said, speak, where are you from? He now mentioned Ikiti, Abi, on those states. I said, speak Yoruba, my friend. Speak Yoruba. He goes, ah, I enjoyed the service. You enjoyed the service. I said, is there good? And I asked, is there going to be another cookie? He said, check outside. There should be. Lo and behold, there was another brownie. I said, I die in this church. The third Sunday, I went. One hour again. How they were compressing the whole book. So they've done Jeremiah 1 to 3. Once or the, the next book, Jeremiah 4 to 7. And ah, ah, something that will take me months to finish. If I want to teach you those Old Testament books. In fact, there's a message that I was supposed to teach you tomorrow. I look at it and say, no, this is going <laughs> to take me like one month. I'd rather not start it. I had to cancel. If you see my job, I had to cancel my note. I, I was like, nah, I'm not attending this yet. Then one person is not doing that one in 30 minutes. You just, it's just like as if you look up, you look down, the service has finished. <laughs> Bridget, we are in the last days. <laughs> this is truly perilous times. I can't imagine Paul's church. One hour service. Paul is still doing introduction. One hour. He's just finished. He has not started. He has not. He has not started. Genesis one verse one. He's still giving them the background that it is all traditions. How Moses wrote it in one hour. Then somebody is the whole of the service. Brethren, we have work to do. You can't be like that as a preacher. No. Jesus, if it took Jesus 40 days, do you know what 40 days means? One month and 10 days to explain his resurrection. <laughs> that I went, I died. I was buried. I rose again. 40 days. Ah. It took Jesus three and a half years to train the disciples. And yet, after even the 40th day, they were still asking questions like, Master, when you restore again the kingdom to Jerusalem? Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. Are you getting what I'm saying? The gospel does not demand things that we have taken it to be. You see people doing comedy, ridiculing thongs. Tongues that are supposed to be sacred. You see people ridiculing different things. You see preachers today, musicians today in church, they want to become, they want to be like Nicki Minaj. They want, 
music today now in churches is performance. That's why a pastor too said the song is crap. He said eh, the song. He said, <laughs> said the, 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 you, 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 the pa- a pastor. No, you don't understand. A pastor in a live service came to the church. And said, you guys, you choirs, you bore me to death. <laughs> so was the was the was the singing for for performance? Did they? Is it all two show? Is it? Did they pay tickets? Was he? Was he? Was he Ed Sharon? <laughs> and you know why it's happened like that? You know why things like this happen? The message was thwarted. The message was not well preached. I can't imagine that you now, you go to the street. <laughs> you preach to somebody, I tell the person, you, you believe God, man? All right. <laughs> I just can't imagine. You know, now, I, I, I told you a story of one guy I was trying to teach one time. I took you to a church. That's the biggest mistake of my life. We, I just, let's go and try the church. So the church, interestingly, it was like a youth service. The jo- it was like vapor also. 30 minutes we were done. And we now spent the like three hours to play game, to, to do basketball. And the guy said, this is my church. I said, ah. I said, I only wanted you to have to. I just wanted us to honor the invitation of the president that's been trying to, the youth president has been trying to invite us. He said, ah, <laughs> I'm not living here again. That was the biggest mistake of my life. You know? And it's because the message has been thwarted. So if we do not preach the message with caution, we will be producing a large number of unbelieving Christians. If we don't preach the message with caution, you will have a lot of people in your audience and in your, in your church, in your congregation, and they don't believe the message. They don't believe the gospel. That's why you will find a preacher. Imagine every, imagine every Sunday now I'm still asking you to give your life to Christ. It shows that I'm doing... So what did I just preach? I don't understand what you... I don't, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What I preach you have faith in it. It's a message of faith. It's a message of the gospel. I believe a random newcomer just hearing me will believe. I don't have to tell him to stand up and repent. Just hear me preach. He will believe. And that's how your message should be. When you're having interactions in your room with people, your roommates, your friends, people on the street, make it very clear that Christ died. He was buried. He rose again. All other gods are dead. I'm telling you. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. Joseph um, Smith. I mean, that's his name. I think Joseph Smith. The Mormons. All this. Joseph Smith, right? He's dead too.
<laughs> that was too far. They're dead. The 2,500 religions in the world. Oh, you don't know? There are about 2,500 religions in the world. All the 2,500 gods do exist. There is only one true living God. And you know the beauty of it? He lives in you. So he's preaching through you. So we do God. So when you are preaching, who is preaching? God is using your mouth to preach his message. He's coming. So you see why you should learn well? Because it is whatever you say that you have in your head that God is going to use. <laughs> so you know if you are praying for utterance, yeah, you don't have knowledge. That Lord, that I'm able to speak your word well. Imagine you do not study properly. Just like you prayed for me to, to have utterance. Imagine I did not study this evening. How would the utterance come? From where? Oral tradition. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so, if we did not preach the message well, my time is fast spent. We'll continue this on Tuesday. If we don't preach the message well, we'll be producing a large number of unbelieving Christians. So, brethren, I beg you, how do you undo the message of the gospel? The message has been committed to your trust. It has been committed to you and I's trust. So, why did you believe the message is to share it? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, that's evangelism time. That's God walking through you. I believe every member of this church should be going on outreaches. Going to share what matters the most to God. See, let me tell you. Everybody, look at me. If there's anything that matters the most to God, is the souls of men. And that is, and that is only what his message can do. That is why he cost him even his own life to do it. You know, I will ask you this question. Some of you that have passions for, okay, let's use Noah for example. You have passion for mass, right? Can you die for your mass? You can't, right? Some of you that are studying nursing, can you die for your patient? Uh, <laughs> some of you that are doing business, they used to say, your customers confess. Can you die for your customer? Indeed. Can you die for your customer? <laughs> or you say, you have. Uh, Customer priority. <laughs> customer is always right. And the customer is telling you, now die for me so that I can, you can be more right. <laughs> can you really do that? But you know what? God died for you. Went to hell for you. Was buried for you. But you know the beauty. He came out of it. And now, he has triumphed over the devil. And you know the beauty? is now living in you. So when you go out to preach, as I'm preaching today now, what are you hearing? You are hearing God. That's why it's called God's word. That's why the Bible is called God's word. That's why when we are preaching the message, we are saying, you are listening to God's word. Right? Because God is using my lips, using your lips to communicate his message. So that is why those people who preach something different, can that be God's word? Those people who preach inspiration and say, acquire to desire, to desire, the require, the desire. That can't be God's word. Are you seeing that? That can't be. 
Those people are doing tintipaya and saying, he blessed me. You know some people now started doing what they call praise dance. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you dance and somebody will believe the God. One, one, one girl now did a suggestion for me and said, no, you know, when you move our body, people are touched. I said, I can never be touched. Me. What do you want to touch me? And say, is the message. That can be. The message is only communicated via lips. Lips. Your words. Are you getting what I'm saying? So are you seeing? So like I told you, any message that produces fear can't be. Because I told you, starting from this introduction of this series, I explained to you, I said the gospel is what? A good news. A glad tidings. It brings peace to you. It's a good news. You know what good news does to you, right? You just feel like a cold water has poured on you. I mean, if you feel that way, they tell you you got a Tesla. Let's say you get home now this evening and you just find a Tesla at your cap and just say, Tada, take, take the key. You know, you are going to be the first person that will get to church tomorrow because you will want to drive it. <laughs> right? You want to, you, you, you would have. You will be the part of people that will arrange chairs tomorrow. Like, ah, no. <laughs> and you will be also part of people that want to leave service on time. Because you want to go and drive <laughs> the, the car. That is exactly what the gospel does. There is an appetite that comes with it. So when you are not preaching, you actually, that is what we now call now living in sin as a Christian. You know, you have been saved from sin. Now that you're a Christian, you can still be living in sin by not preaching. So this coming week, I challenge every one of you, go out on our churches, preach, communicate God's word to people. Let your words bless life. Let your words change another man's life. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is how God wants it. God wants to use men. He used Adam. He used Abel. He used Abraham. Abraham was an idol worshipper. He used Moses. Moses was a killer. Hope you know Moses killed before. Moses did. He used. Do you know what? Do you know why they left those details in the scriptures? Is to show you that God used imperfect men just like you. Paul was a killer. Peter was not bold. Moses was a. No, I won't use Tamara. I will explain those things to you later. Are you getting one? Look at David, Bathsheba, Uriah. Remember? <laughs> but yet, those men still communicated the gospel. So stop thinking, I'm not qualified enough. No. He has saved you enough to preach. Hallelujah. Bow your heads and let's pray about that this evening. Communicate, commit your heart to the gospel. Bow your head. Repent. Those of you who have not been preaching, Repent this evening and tell God that you, you, He will make use of your lips. That the Lord will make use of your lips to preach, to bless lives. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bless the world through you. To bless lives. To minister to men. To minister. 